Hell in a Cell is this Sunday, and if you can't watch it, don't worry. I'm going to tell you all of the winners before it even happens. I have made 20 straight correct predictions on WWE and NXT pay-per-view matches, and I have no intention of having that streak be broken this Sunday. This is the Closet Champion Podcast. and gentlemen, and welcome to the Closet Champion Podcast. I am your host, the reigning, rarely defending, highly disputed champion of wrestling podcasts, Mike Mueller. Hell in a Cell is happening this Sunday, and while there's only been five matches announced up to this point, I'm recording this on Thursday afternoon, I figure the least I can do is let you all in on a little bit more of my genius and see if we can't keep this prediction streak a-rolling. Uh, I'm not going to waste any time. Let's get right into it. We'll start with the non-Hell in a Cell matches, of which there's two, and then we will go to the Hell in a Cell matches, of which there are three. And real quickly before I get into any of this, I do want to echo uh, the sentiments of my buddy in front of the show, Luke Cudialis. Hell in a Cell matches, we should not have, be having three Hell in a Cell matches in a pay-per-view. I, that's way too many to me. It's kind of ruining the gimmick of the match a little bit. It used to be something really special and really unique, and really was only made to sort of settle a blood feud. Uh, the first one started with Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at Bad Blood, appropriately named in 97. And we've had great, great Hell in a Cell matches throughout the years. Of course, everyone knows uh, Undertaker and Mankind at King of the Ring 98. But even going back uh, to WrestleMania 28, I want to say it was, with Undertaker and Triple H, and there have been a lot of great ones throughout the years. There's also been a few bad ones. But for the most part, these matches tend to deliver, and I just worry that the more you do them, the more frequently that you do them, eventually you're going to have more stinkers, and it's just going to make everything seem less special and less relevant. So here's hoping we can have three really great Hell in a Cell matches, and I will get to them in a second. But we're going to start with uh, Jeff Hardy versus Elias. Um, I'm actually excited for this match. I'm excited to have Elias back. I've been an Elias fan for a long time. I think he has an incredible look, uh, incredible body. He's very, very charismatic and funny. He can play a heel. He could play a face. Like most wrestlers, I prefer him when he's a heel. I think he does great work, and it's exciting to see him back. He's being a little more serious this time, a little less jokey singing kind of doing his shtick uh i hope the guitar and that comes back but i think it, in the beginning of this heel turn if we want to see him as like this asshole kind of heel it's appropriate for him to get away from the guitar uh jeff hardy's also been on the rise he just came off a long well not a long run but a solid run with the icy title and this is an interesting match to me because you've got two guys that are sort of fighting for the same position on the card, and something's got to give. Uh, 
what really is the signifier to me of how this match is going to go is the fact that they fed Jeff Hardy to uh, Lars Sullivan right before he left on SmackDown. And that's sort of telling me that Hardy's the one that's going to be used to get guys over. Uh, there is a storyline here um, going way back with the car accident angle from months and months ago that led up to the Intercontinental title uh, tournament. But I don't see this being a long feud, even with that storyline in there. I think this is sort of just made uh, to get a little bit of heat on somebody, and that somebody's going to be Elias. I think Elias is going to win this match. Hardy's at a stage in his career where it was great to see him with that Intercontinental title run. I think he's had it seven times now, um, and it was great for him. It added an air of legitimacy back to him that he's not just going to be a punching bag. He won his feud with Sheamus. He's done a lot of stuff. Uh, but now I think is the time where we need to use Jeff Hardy to establish some younger talent as being legitimate threats. And in that mid-card spot, going for those mid-card titles, those U.S. and Intercontinental titles, I think Elias is going to be a mainstay in that area for the next couple of years. I hope at least, because like I said, I think he's wicked talented. So I think while Jeff Hardy has been having a good run, uh, the fact that they fed him to Lars Sullivan and the fact that he's facing a returning Elias who just did a heel turn, uh, it's not looking good for the seemingly ageless Jeff Hardy. Uh, I do think it's going to be a good match though. Something I don't have a lot of faith in being a very good match is the most recently announced uh, match on this card, and that is The Fiend versus T-Bar from Retribution, better known as Dominic Dijakovic. Man, poor Dominic Dijakovic. Like, he keeps getting in these spots, but he's just being used as fodder for someone else. Like, he's incredibly talented, but he got his ass kicked like 37 times by Keith Lee, and then they put him in this stupid Retribution gimmick, and trying to, you know, make the best out of a bad situation here. I thought there may have been a little bit of momentum going for Retribution when Ali was announced as the leader of Retribution, which I thought was a great move. That was a great move. They should have done it months ago. Uh, but I'm glad it's just being done. And I like I like that move, especially for Ali, who, who needs a little bit of a, a spotlight put on him. But... You go ahead and you spend all this time building these guys up as like these crazy anarchist uh, group that's just there to destroy shit and fuck stuff up. And then you go and you have them lose to the Hurt Business on Monday Night Raw in a in a eight-man tag. And then on top of that, you have The Fiend single-handedly beat all of them in the ring, like just take care of everybody and now you're going on pay-per-view and you're having the first pay-per-view match for Retribution and it's going to be a one-on-one -on -one match with Dijakovic versus The Fiend. Like, this this is not good. Um, <laughs> this is If you're a Retribution fan, there has to be at least one of you out there. If you're a Retribution fan, this is not looking good for you. Um, what little momentum they seemed to be gaining has been totally squashed. Uh, well, or mostly squashed. It will be totally squashed this Sunday because I don't think there's any way, any way The Fiend loses this. I hope Alexa Bliss makes an appearance. I hope she distracts somebody. I love what they're doing. I'm glad that they didn't take it super literally and 
turn Alexa Bliss into Sister Abigail. I th think that would have been a little bit ridiculous. But I just like that she's like his his counterpart. And I was listening to the Sam Roberts podcast earlier this week, and he was saying he wants to see Bliss sort of do to the women's division what The Fiend has been doing to the men's division and just like not necessarily running over people, but facing people, generally getting the better of them and then changing them, usually for the worst. Um, she could do that. I The obvious easy first target is Nikki Cross. I think that has to happen uh, sooner rather than later. Um, but as far as this match and this moment in time goes, The Fiend is winning this and you can take that to the bank. Uh, moving on now to the three Hell in a Cell matches, and I'm intrigued by all of them. I have to say, uh, the only one that is a given to me is Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns. I mean, this has got to be Reigns. Uh, I thought it would be a one-off, and I'm glad to see that it's not. I'm glad Jay got another is getting another pay-per-view title match. I think he's been doing great promo work. He always does. It's ever since they started doing the Uso Penitentiary stuff. They're just one of my favorite uh, duos on the mic is the Uso brothers. Um, but it's good to see him get the get another shot to kind of show what he can do as a single star and and on a main event level. Um, I love this storyline. It's still continuing to be great for me. And what makes it great is we're turning Roman into a heel. Obviously, he is a heel, but he's still maintaining this I'm doing it all for my family storyline. And it's cool because it's his his message or his, what he's saying he's doing all of this for is very pure and very noble, and there's nothing wrong with that. So if they want, they can flip him back to a face real easily. And he can essentially be cutting the same promos, but just in a slightly different way that has him come off as a face instead of a heel. Uh, but his actions of, I'm doing this off of my family, yet you're destroying your family, you're beating your family up, you don't care about the individuals as long as you're the one at the top, that's what makes a great villain. It's someone that thinks that they're in the right. You know, the best villains are not ones to me that are like, I want to destroy the world for no reason. It's the ones that believe that what they're doing is justified and that they need to convince everyone that they're actually in the right. Uh, that element of believability in what you're saying, what you're doing. That to me is what makes the best villains. And that's exactly what they're doing with Roman Reigns. And it's beautiful. It's it's so good. He, I, he says he's doing it for his family, but he's destroying his family. And that's fucking awesome. I think it's great. Uh, it's, you know, they, they had to nail this heel turn with Reigns because they tried so hard for so long to just make him, you know, that top tier baby face, that underdog baby face. But you look at Roman Reigns, he's not an underdog. He's never going to be an underdog. So I, I thought, and most people I think would agree, they kind of um, dropped the ball on him as a face. But I tell you right now, they have done a hell of a job with him as a heel. And it's going to continue this Sunday. I think Jay is going to put up a better fight than he put up before. But ultimately... Roman is just going to be too much. He's going to get Jay to say, I quit. Uh, I Part of me thinks there might be something with Jimmy coming in, maybe doing like a throw in the towel kind of thing, a la, you know, Owen Hart and Bret Hart from, I, th I want to say that was Survivor Series 94. Um, but I'm more inclined to think that it's just going to be a clean victory 
uh, for Roman Reigns, and that's fine. He needs it. He needs to continue this domination. I'm really excited to see who they're going to have him work with next. I, I can't see the storyline going too much longer than this, unless then he's going to face Jimmy or something like that. I don't know. But wherever they're going, I'm digging it. And I think that this is the beginning of something really big for Roman Reigns, and, and he's going to continue this for quite a while. The next match is uh, Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre for the Universal title. Drew's had a nice, long, healthy run as champion. Six-month run in this day and age is pretty good. Now, we're in the weirdness that is 2020, so everything's a little bit different. But I think he's done a hell of a job being the face of Monday Night Raw. And he's going up against a very, very legitimate competitor uh, he's going against Randy Orton. Randy's been at the top of the card for pretty much his entire career. He's wildly talented. He's a 13-time champion, and nobody would be surprised if he became a 14-time champion. However, this is the third time they're facing each other for the title, and Drew's won the first two. I don't, from a storyline perspective, I don't see the appeal in having him lose now. I think he needs to win clean, needs to get the sweep on Randy, and then move on to something else. I think, though, he, I, I wouldn't be totally shocked if I was wrong on this one because it does feel like the momentum for Drew is starting to slow down a little bit and somebody is going to get the best of him. I don't think it's going to happen in a Hell in a Cell match. I think it's got to happen in some sort of way that, um, that protects Drew. Uh, protects his character because you you want him to immediately come back for a rematch and, and set that up and if we're going into match what would if Randy wins we're going into match four now of this series and it just it, it doesn't seem like there's enough meat there to keep going so uh, stop chewing that meat swallow it move on get done with it I just said swallow that meat um, but I, I think this is going to be a title defense for Drew McIntyre. It's going to be hard fought. Um, there's a lot of speculation that if ever there was an opportunity to save Otis's money in the bank run, having him cash it in now uh, after one of the Hell in the Cell matches would make a lot of sense. However, with him being on SmackDown, you would think that he would have to target Roman Reigns, and that doesn't make a lot of sense for me. But if they're going to let him cash in on Drew, I think that would actually be kind of fun and interesting, but I expect these guys to beat the hell out of each other. I'm actually thinking this might be match of the night, um, but most people are thinking that the match of the night is going to be Sasha and Bailey, and with good reason. Um, if you have not seen their match at TakeOver Brooklyn, you need to go see that match. Stop this podcast. I can't believe I'm telling you to do that, but stop this podcast Go spend 20 minutes watching that match and then come back and obviously finish the rest of the podcast and then tell all your friends to listen to it too and like and subscribe and all that good stuff. But let's get back to the match. <laughs> Sasha and Bailey is, this is really difficult for me to call. Part of me thinks it's time for Bailey's run to end. She's had it for 380 days. Sasha Banks needs to get revenge. She came back way quicker than pretty much anyone thought she was going to come back. And this whole thing seems like it's being sped up a little bit. It wouldn't shock me if Sasha Banks takes the title here. Um, I think it would be a feel-good moment. I think she's definitely earned another title run. Her 
Bailey's had the title for 380 days, which is longer than all of the combined reigns that Sasha Banks has had, which is pretty ridiculous when you think about it. She had like five or six of them, and all of her reigns are shorter than the one reign that Bailey is currently on. So for that reason alone, you think that a title change might happen here. But I still want to see Sasha Banks and Bailey at WrestleMania, hopefully in front of a crowd, because I think it would be epic. But we can't keep doing this for another six months to get there. Like, that's just too It's too much. And we have to do something to get away from that for a while, and then we can circle back to it. And here's how I would do it, and here's how I think it's going to happen. Another very, very difficult, hard-fought match, very brutal, but hopefully very bloody. It is Hell in the Cell. I want to see Bailey get the win. I want to see her be ruthless. I want to see her attack Sasha's neck, go for the neck, go for the neck, go for the neck, and eventually it's too much, and Bailey's going to win. Now Sasha's off TV for a while, a long while, and Bailey continues her run for the next couple months. And then we get to January, and we get to the Royal Rumble, and Sasha Banks comes out out of nowhere, big surprise return, and she wins the Royal Rumble. And that is how we get to our WrestleMania match between Sasha and Bailey without having to try to keep this storyline going consecutively for six months. We could take a break. She can win. She can say that for a few weeks she's debating on who she's going to pick, but we all know who she's going to pick. Of course she's going to pick Bailey. She has to pick Bailey. And I think that is a natural, entertaining, fun way to get to that big, epic WrestleMania match. If this is... My point is Sasha is going to win the last match that these two have for their feud. If we don't go on that run, it could very well happen Sunday. Sasha could win. She'll win her rematch. And they go their separate ways and they do their own thing for a while. And you could have the flip be true, too. You could have Sasha win this. And then they do their own thing. And then Bailey wins at the Royal Rumble. But I just... I like the idea of Sasha winning at the Royal Rumble more. Because I also, I want Sasha to win at WrestleMania and I don't want her to win as the champion. I want her to win as the challenger. And I don't want to see this exact same feud going for six straight months. So let's have Bailey get a brutal win here, take Sasha out of the picture for a little while, and then we can go from there. So that's it. There's not a lot to talk about on this one. It's a, it's a short. I'm sure there's more matches that are going to be added. A lot of people are saying maybe um, Miz versus Otis uh, with the Money in the Bank briefcase being on the line. I feel like you should build up to that story, though. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. I don't know if any of the tag matches, tag titles are going to be defended. Something's got to be added. But for now, those are the five. I've got Elias going over, Bailey going over, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, and The Fiend. And if they add any more, I'll try to just um, make a post on the Closet Champion Facebook page. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Looking forward to talking about the results of this with all of you after it happens and to see if that 20-match streak becomes a 25-match streak. And I'm telling you, it's gonna. So if you don't watch Hell in a Cell, it's okay. I already told you all the winners. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Until next time, I am your reigning, rarely defending, highly disputed champion of wrestling podcasts, and I'm going to take the count out loss and get out of here with my belt. Good night, everybody.